For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, yo, 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 what up, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you are listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but don't be hating. Download, too. I think I always forget to say download, but download, too. We like all that stuff. And you can find us on the Believe Podcast Networks. It's B-L-E-A-V dot com. Check us out. My man Kevin Cleland is running the boards, engineering, producing the show. Kevin, what up? How you feeling? I am feeling elated uh, after yesterday's Rams victory. Uh, much different than, yeah. uh, than the suffering loss from the 49ers a week ago. So, doing good. Yeah, man. You, you, you got to win. You know, playoffs started. I'm sure you're feeling good. I'm glad that the, the Rams did it because uh, uh, we got our fortunes tied to your team and my team. You know, so hopefully we can get, a, you know, that, uh, that, that, that NFC Championship game back here. But we're going to talk about Wild Card Weekend. The matchups, what I thought of them. We're going to talk about Frank Vogel being on the hot seat with the Los Angeles Lakers. And finally, I want to do some uh, MLK talk. But first up. So how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Boy, we had a... This was... uh, You know what? Wild Card Weekend was just okay right um because it's easy to get caught up in the really good games we had but what happens is we quickly forget about the amount of bad games that were on the schedule and and it's all time because the playoffs playoffs are great everybody's excited for the playoffs because it's one and done people you know they've played 18 weeks to get here and it's all or nothing, right? And so that's what makes the NFL so great because it's not a series. There's no, there's no, uh, you know, there, there's no, it's not a, it, there's no seven games like the NBA. There's no five or, or, or seven games like in baseball. Uh, it is one and done and people wait the entire year for this. So we get amped up for wildcard weekend and playoffs. And really, I just felt like it was, Nah. Outside of, you know, I mean, the Raiders and Bengals game turned into an interesting game because the Raiders had one drive to come down and and score. They ended up still losing by seven points. That's still technically a blowout as far as NFL standards go, because most of the time you don't see a seven point plus line. Right. The, The Bengals were six point favorites. Uh, Usually, you know, everything's usually around three to three to five points is on is on the average. They were a six-point dog, and they ended up losing by seven, which is technically a blowout. But they had a chance to come down and get the get the ball and, and, and score. And all I really take from that is the Raiders really didn't belong in the playoffs. I mean, they ended up being the sixth seed. I think they were the sixth seed. But 
this this playoff season, I feel like, and just like we talked about last week, there's just too many, there's too many teams. You don't need seven playoff teams. I don't like the seven playoff teams because the seventh team is garbage. The seventh team is garbage. And hell, be real about it, the sixth team in these playoffs have been kind of, you know, garbage. I mean, the Raiders uh lost to the Bengals by seven. The and this was the four or five. The Patriots and the Bills. The Patriots had no business being in the playoffs. Yeah, they won their, you know, they 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 got a wild card spot because they won some games in the division. And they had no business being in the playoffs. And, and and we called it last week. I said the Bills are gonna wax the Patriots. They're gonna show you that this rookie quarterback and this team have no business being here. They got fortunate to win some games, and because the NFL added this extra week, it gave them some whack matchups throughout the season. Um I could have done without this game, Bills and Patriots, right? Eagles, Buccaneers, oh my God. Like, the Eagles had no business being in the playoffs. No team from the NFC East deserved to be in the playoffs. I mean, the the Cowboys won their division, so yeah, they've got to get in. But I think they should just make a rule. The division winner in the NFC East gets to go to the playoffs. Anybody else, it don't matter what your record is, you ain't going. Because that division is trash. They're they're trash. They beat up on each other, and then they can't beat anybody else. I mean, you get to play the Washington football team twice. Trash. You get to play the Philadelphia Eagles twice as the Cowboys. Trash. The New York Giants, super trash. That's, That's six wins for the Cowboys right there. Six wins automatic. I mean, how do you not make the playoffs and you get to play that trash division if you're any kind of good? Eagles had no business being there. And and I'm watching this game and I can't, I mean, I you, you y'all listen to me, you know that I'm rooting for black quarterbacks because for so long they were rooted against. But Jalen Hurts, he, I mean, I guess you got to give him a year or two more, but I just don't see it. He's just really slow processing. He's really slow getting the ball out of his hands. And you're not going – He okay, and here's the thing. Everybody and, – and this is when, when Jalen Hurts got drafted, I remember people talking about him and, and he's going to be, you know, oh, oh, we got to draft this kid. He's going to jump around. I knew he was going to get to the second round, even though he's about a fourth-round draft pick. He should be in the third, fourth, fourth round. He got picked in the second round because why? Because Lamar Jackson went off in the league. And so that just pushed every quarterback who could run a little bit up. But people fail to re- to 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 recognize Lamar Jackson is one of one. Michael Vick is one of one. That's rare speed. Rare speed and and really good throwing ability. Jalen Hurts isn't a really good thrower and he's not that fast. So asking him to come there and try to emulate what Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick does that's just not going to be the thing. He's got to be a much better passer to really have success in this league because he's not that special in running the ball. Yeah, he led them. I think he's he's what he had. He had 3,000 yards passing and 700 yards rushing. He's only, I think, only I mean, him and Josh Allen. I mean, hell, Josh Allen had 4,000 yards passing and 700, or, or, yeah, 700 yards rushing. He just ain't it. Uh, I just don't see it happening. And because they made the playoffs and they looked halfway, you know, be, comparatively because of the division they play, they look halfway decent. People are going to be clamoring for him to come back. People are going to be clamoring for him to stay. But 
if they're honest with themselves, they've just got to move on. He's 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 a he's a marginal starter in the NFL and probably a dealt backup. But he's not going to win you a Super Bowl. He's just not that talented with his arm and his decision making. Ain't nothing wrong with it. I mean, it just it just is what it is. Everybody can't be Tom Brady. Everybody can't be Aaron Rodgers. Everybody can't be Patrick Mahomes. Everybody can't be Josh Allen. Everybody can't be Justin Herbert. Some people just got to be, everybody can't be Russell Wilson. Every, some people just got to be who they are, and he's just a marginal dude. Steelers Chiefs. I didn't even watch this game. No need. I, and I had, a, I had a parlay. I had a parlay going that I needed the Chiefs to win for me to get my parlay. I, it was a shoe-in. I decided to have dinner, and I watched The Last Duel, which is a fantastic movie. By the way, the last duel, Ridley Scott, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, a fantastic movie. I watched that instead of the Chiefs and the Steelers. Because why? The Steelers did not deserve to be in the playoffs. They were trash. They got in because the Chargers and the Raiders didn't play to a tie. And the Raiders trash got in and the Steelers got in. And we got to see Big Ben shot. I didn't even watch. I was not going to watch this game. And I had people texting me like, man, wouldn't it be dope if, if the Steelers won? Why would that be dope? What would be dope about that? What would be dope about watching the talentless Pittsburgh Steelers play another playoff game? Why would you want to see that? See ben, big, big Ben throwing passes that look like punts. Why would you want to see that? I don't. I never understand this fascination with the underdog. Like, no, give me the most entertaining thing I could possibly see. That's all I want. I want to be entertained. I'm not watching football so that the underdog comes up and stops my entertainment. Why would I want to see Patrick Mahomes not in the playoffs instead of Ben Roethlisberger? Wh- who in their right mind would want to do that? Except unless you're Ben Roethlisberger's family or you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And even Pittsburgh Steelers fans have to be like, yo, put us out of our misery. Thank you, Chiefs. Thank you for putting us out of our misery because they're terrible. They're absolutely terrible. Besides Najee Harris, and every now and then they get a couple of receivers. Chase Claypool shows up and does a little something. But they're a bad. They're not a good football team. Nine, seven, and one. That's not good. In most years, that wouldn't even make them. That wouldn't even get them into the playoffs. But we added that extra game, so they're in. Rams, Cardinals last night. Oh, thirty-four to eleven. Surprise! I'm not surprised. I, Mighty Mouse, Kyler Murray is a nice novelty, nice looking player. And I remember early in the year, people were talking about him being an MVP. Stop it. Stop it. You're not going to be that small in the NFL and make things happen on a consistent basis like that. It's just not happening. The, I mean, he's basically a faster Doug Flutie. That's who he is. He's a faster Doug Flutie. And you're trying to wish cast this dude because he was a dope high school player back in Texas. He was good for Oklahoma. Good for Oklahoma. Not, I mean, he won a Heisman, but he was not, when they got to play against the real boys, when they played against Alabama, you got to see what, what, what it really was. And in the league, he's a good player, but he's not good enough he's not fast enough he his arm isn't great enough he's just not going to be able to will that team to a win they need so much more around him and it sucks that he was playing without deandre hopkins i understand that but i never thought that the cardinals would would this game came up no way no way rams are gonna win this game and i'm excited for the rams next week because the rams already beat tampa bay a loaded Tampa Bay. That was a Tampa Bay that had Antonio Brown, had Godwin, had Evans, had Fournette, Gronk. They had everybody. And the Rams blew them out the water in SoFi. 
the Rams are going to go to Tampa Bay. Mark it down. They're going to Tampa Bay, and they're going to beat the Bucs. The Bucs are missing people. The Rams are clicking on all cylinders right now. I mean, the only thing that they got to be aware of and scared of maybe is Matthew Stafford becoming Matthew Stafford. But otherwise, I mean, this this uh, this Rams team has added Odell Beckham Jr. So now they've got another star receiver on the other side of Cooper Cup, which if you watched this game last night, something I said a couple of weeks ago, um, the Rams, for them to be successful, they cannot do this. Let's just get Cooper Cup the ball at all times. Because when you get to the playoffs, he's not going to be seeing the single coverage that the teams just for some odd reason were giving him all year. And he's not going to be seeing the team's third uh, DB. He's going to see good DBs across the board because these are – better teams next week he's going to see a better team in tampa bay they're going to have to get obj supremely involved to win these games and i think they will i mean they both have about the same amount of targets which is good because hell most games cooper cup is like double double the targets of anybody else on that team and that was cool in the regular season but if they want to win they're going to have to equal up those targets because they've got a dog in Odell Beckham Jr. on the other side, and Cooper Cup was a dog on the other side. You've got to equal it out so teams are on their toes, right? They're, they're basically on their heels. Who are we going to go? Who are we going to double here? Who are going to double here? What are we going to do? I think the Rams are in a great position to get go down to Tampa Bay and beat the Bucs. And we got to talk about my San Francisco 49ers. Because last week I also said, I, I, the Niners can win. We can win because we run the ball. The only problem is our quarterback. That's the only problem with the 49ers. If we had Aaron Rodgers, 49ers would be shoe-ins to win the Super Bowl. Shoe-ins. If we had, hell, if we had Kyler Murray, shoe-ins to, run, to, win, to win the Super Bowl. Because there's so much more around Kyler Murray and you've got that kind of talent. That dude with this team, r- unbelievable. Hell, if we had any other, any of the, uh, besides, besides Mac Jones, besides Ben Roethlisberger, um, I think any other quarterback in the playoffs, the 49, uh, and Derek Carr, I don't think Derek Carr is, is the answer for the Raiders. I just, I just don't. He's, he's just, he's just a guy. He's just a guy. Um, nice guy. I like him. I love his post game interviews. He's just a guy. But anybody besides Jimmy Garoppolo and those four mentioned guys, the 49ers are shooting to win the Super Bowl, to go to the Super Bowl, at least go to the Super Bowl. And that's what I was afraid of this week with Dallas because I thought everything else would show up. Our running game travels. We can do, we can show up anywhere and run the ball. We can show up anywhere and play defense. Hell, we got Bosa, Armstead on that line, Fred Warner, and, 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 um, and then linebacking. Our front seven, we get pressure with our front four without having to blitz at all and that is the Niners secret ingredient and I've given Nick Bosa hell because he has no moves but damn it sometimes you just don't need him right that dude and 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 truth be told he gets a lot I think he had like 15 sacks a lot of those sacks sacks came in not timely fashion some of them came just you know when they didn't really matter but the dude still gets it done he marked he, he sparks fear in people so we can get pressure without having to blitz anybody which keeps our backline defenders safe they can they can they can defend right they can take some chances because we've got four dudes getting after the quarterback and they got after Dak's ass and people are you know people are getting on Dak and going crazy on Dak I would take Dak over Jimmy Garoppolo any day of the week now 
Should he be the highest paid player in the NFL, which I think he was this year? Not sure. He should not. But he is because that's just the nature of the NFL. His time was up. It was time for him to get paid. And the next dude who gets paid as a quarterback will get more than him. That's just how the game goes. You, you're worth what somebody's willing to pay you. And the Dallas Cowboys were willing to pay him all this damn money. And he's not that dude. He's good. He's really good. He's really smart. But he doesn't do anything extra special. And that's why you pay a guy. That's why you pay a guy like that. You hope that he could do something special when all else goes to hell. Dallas Cowboys don't have that. And they're paying Ezekiel Elliott $90 million. He has a $90 million contract. He's not getting it. He's, I mean, he's getting older. They gave him the ball like crazy his first couple of years in the league. You, what do you expect? Of course he's going to be a, a step slower now. Their offensive line is not the same. Zach Martin is a Hall of Famer, but he's not the same Zach Martin that was there a couple of years ago. Tyron Smith, he's not as good as he once was. The offensive line just isn't the same. And then you get all these weapons. You know, you've got C.D. Lamb, who C.D. Lamb had one catch. I'm sorry, one catch for 21 yards. Amari Cooper had six catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. Their leading receiver was Dalton Schultz. And I'm watching the game. I was up in the Bay Area watching the game with my boys uh, and, and, you know, my family. We had some gumbo. It was, oh, it was a good time, good time. And Dalton Schultz is catching all these balls. And my boy, Justin, who was on the show, Justin was like, yo, why, why is Dalton Schultz catching all these passes? I'm like, yo, that's what we want, dog. <laughs> like, if Dalton Schultz is, is the person that's catching all the balls, that means Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb ain't. That is the game plan. We did that. We made Dalton Schultz the center of the Dallas Cowboys offense. That is phenomenal. Great job, D'Amico Ryans, who should be a head coaching candidate this offseason. Terrible job by Kellen Moore. You couldn't, this dude who's supposed to be the genius couldn't design up anything to get their stars, the people who make the most money, the ball. Instead, Dak is having to go to Dalton Schultz because he's taking what the defense is giving him because we ain't giving him the other stuff because they ain't got nothing to work up a play to get those guys the ball. So I don't want to hear anything about this Kellen Moore offensive genius. He's getting interviews with all these, these head coaching. Stop, man. The Dallas Cowboys, and this is what they do every year. They beat up on whack teams, average teams. They put up a bunch of uh, empty calorie stats, and people lose their minds. They're just not that good. And Mike McCarthy is trash. Trash. I don't know if you guys saw that when that game was going on, and they had the fake punt, right? So they get the fake punt, which is dope on their part, because they weren't even in this game. They shouldn't have been in this game. And, and hold on, before I even get to Mike McCarthy, I gotta get on Mike. I gotta get on uh on, on Shanahan real quick. Kyle Shanahan. Something that I've always noticed about him, and this is the thing that I just can't stand about Kyle Shanahan. His ego gets in the way because the Dallas Cowboys should have never, ever, ever been in this game. Ever. But it's the same way that the Patriots should have never been in that Super Bowl versus the Falcons when he was the offensive coordinator. The 49ers should have beat the Kansas City Chiefs two years ago in the Super Bowl. Why did we not? Because the pa the Falcons had lead. Falcons had a what? A 23 point lead over the Patriots. The the Niners had a 10 point lead over the Chiefs going into the fourth quarter. And yesterday and, and, and on Sunday, the 49ers were up like what was it? 23 to 10. 
But for some reason, Kyle Shanahan will not just commit to running the damn ball whatever cost it takes. Just run the ball. There is no reason that Jimmy Garoppolo should be throwing the ball when we're up and the running game cannot be stopped. Run the ball, kill clock, that's it. Eat the clock. But for some reason, Shanahan just, he just, it's his ego. All these offensive coordinators, they just want their system to be the thing that does it. When really it's just simple. Just do what's working. And what's working is running the ball. What lost you Super Bowls was not running the ball. When will we get this? And back to Mike McCarthy. He's got to go. He's the worst manager of time that I've seen in the past two years. Untimely timeouts. Bad challenges. Just not knowing situational football. Not calling timeouts when they've got the ball at the half and they could try to score more points. And he's like, no, I'm good. We're good with the points we got. What? Who does that? And then on Sunday, this game right here, where they, this was the, the, the thing that killed it for me. They get this fake punt. They call a fake punt that works on the 49ers. And instead of being happy with the fake punt and just running off and getting their offense back on and substituting, they decide to keep the punt team out there because why? Because if they keep them out there, they keep the punt team out there, then the 49ers can't substitute and the 49ers have to leave their team out there. But you know what happens when you keep your punt team out there? Your offense ain't on the field. Your offense ain't on the field. So Niners are fine. What are we going to do? Oh, we'll just stand here and wait. What are you going to do? You're going to run the ball with your punter? Are you going to throw the ball with your punter? No. They thought they were going to get the 49ers to burn a timeout, which they did not because why would they? And Mike McCarthy didn't even call this. The special teams coach is the one telling Mike McCarthy. He's stopping Mike McCarthy from running the offense out there and saying, no, 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 keep him right here. You can't be the head coach of an NFL football team and have your special teams coordinator telling you what the hell to do. Got to get fired. Got to get fired. But he probably won't because Jerry Jones loves to do. You hear all these reports of Jerry Jones hired him and he had nachos and beer with him on, a, on, a, on the night he got hired. Jerry Jones don't want nobody that's going to stand up and buck him he wants all the credit he wants to be the dude that i i drafted these players i signed these players cowboys ain't never gonna win and i told you cowboys fans this all season long they are not winning if they can't be balanced if dak prescott has to be the person that wins them these games and they can't run the football they're not gonna win because he's not that dude so the 49ers won and now we're going to green bay and i'm gonna say the same thing i said last week they can win this game. Will they? I would not bet on them. I will not bet on them. I'm, I mean, if, if, if I have to bet, I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers, but I'm not even going to touch this game. They are not be, They can beat the Green Bay Packers, but the only way they're going to beat them is if they keep the game ugly and they only have Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball when it's necessary for him to throw the ball. We can run on this team, and if Bosa, who was hurt, he had a little, he had a little uh, head injury. I think he was in concussion protocol. If Bosa is healthy and able to go, if Fred Warner, who we thought had a knee scare, but it ended up being his ankle, if he's able to go, the 49ers can go up to Green Bay next week, and that it's going to be 12 degrees. 12 degrees or colder. That game is 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 equalized. Right, the 49ers get to go up there and do what they do best in the cold temperatures. That their game travels, and it sucks for Aaron Rodgers because I think he's the greatest quarterback. Him and or, or, or Patrick Mahomes are the two greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen. The best at what they do. Tom Brady is great, but 
Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes can also run. I want somebody who's a little bit more talented than just throwing the ball. It sucks for Aaron Rodgers that they play in Lambeau because where's the home field advantage, right? When they play their most meaningful games, their best player is compromised. He he goes from, you know, having the great seasons, which he does during the regular season, but then they play these games and they're in the frozen tundra and it's 12, 10 degrees, sometimes snowing, and he has to throw a brick. So we're going to go up there and we've already got a quarterback that we don't really want to throw the ball. And the weather's just telling you, hey, yo, you ain't got to throw the ball. Just run the ball. We can go up there and run the ball, get pressure with four and keep Aaron Rodgers contained. The 49ers will win that game. And if the 49ers win that game, and if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get beat by the Rams, which I fully think is going to happen, we get the NFC Championship game, a rematch of Week 18, 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium, and I'm going to be in the building. And the 49ers will win again. Hey, 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 call me Nostradamus if you want. Hey, all I know is I'm probably right. We'll be back after the break. The Los Angeles Lakers won last night. They beat the Utah Jazz 101 to 95, bringing their season record to 22 and 22. I mean, they're they're, they're 500, Kevin. I mean, I'm I'm. Look. They've dealt with a rash of injuries this season. I'm still holding the line. I'm holding the line because there's so many haters out here who at the beginning of the season were giving me up because, hey, Russell Westbrook, he ain't going to be a fit. He's going to be terrible here. And, and these, this team is old and, and all that, you know, it's AARP uh, in L.A., all that stuff. They've had a rash of injuries. They started the season. LeBron James missed, I think he missed like, what, 12 to 15 games at the start of the season. And then AD missed games, and now he's still missing games. And they're trying to work in Russell Westbrook, trying to work in Carmelo Anthony, brought Dwight Howard back. They've got DeAndre Jordan. They've got Kendrick Nunn, who still hasn't even played a game yet for them. Um, You know, Taylor Horton Tucker, they've got him out there. And he he missed some games earlier this season at... They've just got so much going on that I refuse to quit on the team until I see the until until the big woman sing. I ain't gonna call the fat. I'm just gonna say the big woman because that's what we used to say. Because the fat lady sing. Let's just say the big woman, or not even the big woman. Let's just say tell the big person. Let's be politically politically correct in here, Kevin. If tell the big person sing, or damn it, they even got to be a big person. Tell the person sing. Okay, I don't want to offend nobody. Tell the person sing. I'm riding with the Lakers. They got too much talent. LeBron James still playing. LeBron James looks like an MVP right now at 37 years old. Looks like the MVP of the league, if not for Steph Curry doing what he's doing and Kevin Durant, which Kevin Durant is now out for five to six weeks, so that MVP is gone. Um, LeBron James look and and and, and Kupo and and Jokic. These guys look like the best players in the league, along with Steph Curry. But what's happening now is you're getting a lot of talk about Frank Vogel being on the hot seat um, because the Lakers are just putrid on defense. And they're bad on defense, not because they can't play D. I mean, if they wanted to play D, they could. But that's what defense is all about. It's all about want-to, desire. And the Lakers, 
These dudes ain't out here trying to play. LeBron James at 37 years old ain't trying to be busting his ass on D all day. And not to mention you're missing your best defensive player in Anthony Davis. So the defense is going to look shoddy because you've got LeBron James out there at 37 who ain't the defensive player he used to be. You've got Russell Westbrook who was never a damn good defensive player, just a hustle dude, but he don't be hustling on defense. And you're barely playing uh, DJ. You're barely playing Dwight. Hell, LeBron has been playing center for the past two weeks, and he looks damn good doing it. And might I add, Michael Jordan could never. But the Lakers don't look that great on defense, and they're just holding it together while they're waiting for Anthony Davis to come back and have the full squad so they can try to make a run. Because, believe it or not, (laughs) I mean, at 22 and 22, the Lakers are still the seventh seed in the West. And they're only four, three games back of the fifth seed. Hell, they're seven games back of the fourth seed. This is doable. This is doable. And the team they just beat is the fourth team in the division, Utah Jazz. This is a doable thing. They can get to the fourth seed, which I fully expect to happen. Then to get to the fourth seed, it might be it's going to be a little tough trying to get up to where Phoenix and Golden State are. But I think they can get to the fourth seed and hold it down if they get everybody back and healthy. But now there's this, the the talk and the speculation is about Frank Vogel and should he be fired this week? And if you remember, I said this on the show earlier, weeks earlier before the season started. I thought they should have got rid of Frank Vogel in the offseason. He has one year left on his contract, and last in the last two years, he hasn't even been the best coach on the squad. The best coach on the squad was Jason Kidd. And then the second best coach was Lionel Hollins. And then Frank Vogel. But what happened this offseason? Jason Kidd got hot, people started uh, inquiring, and the Mavericks came and snatched him up. I said earlier they should fire Frank Vogel before the season starts. He had one year left on his contract. Let him go because, hell, last year we didn't win no championship. And when you coach a, a guy like LeBron, this is something that I don't think people really understand. And Not even just LeBron. It's just great players in general. At some point, they ain't listening to a dude who never played the game on their level. That just ain't how it's going to go. I mean, yo, it's nice, but there's got there's got to be some respect level there. And they can't respect you if they don't think that you really know what the hell you're doing or that you were never, ever really in their league like that. So you can look at LeBron's career. Right. I mean, when he he first uh, his first coach was, uh, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm losing his name. And I know his, his, his son is coaching right now. I think his son is coaching the, the Rockets right now. Ah, I forget his name. Um, but he played in the league. Uh, great dude, right? That was his first coach. And then they got, they got rid of him because he had been the coach before LeBron got there. They brought in Mike Brown. Mike Brown never played the game, never played at, at, at an NBA level. And eventually he got up out the paint. They bring in uh, the, the dude from Israel, right? He couldn't get it done. He didn't play the game at the NBA level on respect. They brought in Ty Lue, and what happens? They win the championship. Win the championship. Ty Lue comes in, takes over. They win the championship. Why? Because Ty Lue has been there, done that in this league. He garners respect from the players. Even at Miami, he didn't really respect Spolstra. LeBron didn't really respect Spolstra, but you know who he respected there? 
Pat Riley because Pat Riley was running the show. And that dude is a Hall of Fame coach. Hell, he was an all-star player. You respect the people who've been in the game. And so Frank Vogel, who is a nice dude, a good coach, he ain't going to garner that respect from a guy like LeBron. And hell, you could watch it in the game last night. There was a play that was a challengeable play. And usually there's a challenge. The coaches talk about it on the side and they think, okay, let's call a timeout. Let's challenge this. No, you know who called the timeout and, and called for the challenge himself as he's walking off the court? LeBron James. While Frank Vogel is just clapping and giving him the thumbs up like, yeah, good job, good job, good job. LeBron James is the coach of this team. And why? Because they did not take the steps and think a couple of moves ahead and keep Jason Kidd. You know what Jason Kidd would do the help the most this season? Jason Kidd would help with Russell Westbrook because Russell Westbrook has never played for anybody who played in the league on his level. He's never had a coach on his level who played in the league. I mean, he had Scott Brooks. That's not Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd would be able to tell Westbrook, sit your ass down and stop turning the ball over. Yo, stop shooting here when they're daring you to shoot. Get somebody else involved. And so I think the Lakers missed the boat on that. They missed the boat because they could have hired Ty Lue when, when they were trying to hire Frank, when they hired Frank Vogel. They could have hired Ty Lue, but they didn't want to let him pick his own staff for some reason. I don't know. And they let Jason Kidd get out the door and go to the Mavericks. So now Frank Vogel's on the hot seat, but I ask, who the hell are they going to put in here if they fire him? There's nobody on the staff right now that would be the head coach, unless they're going to have LeBron be the player coach. What's he going to pull, a Casey Jones? I mean, is he, is he going to pull a, a Bill Russell? They don't have, I mean, who? Phil Handy? Phil Handy ain't coaching the damn Lakers. They have nobody on this staff who would be the, the de facto head coach or should be a head coach if they fire Frank Vogel. So, he ain't going nowhere. They're going to let this thing play out. And people got to remember, they are playing with a hampered team. They're still missing Kendrick Nunn. They're missing Anthony Davis, a top five when he's playing at his best with LeBron, a top five player. They're missing that. Relax. Give it time. When they get to the playoffs, we will see what's going to happen. And I'm telling you, listen to me now. Believe me later on. The Lakers will be just fine. I still got them going to the finals. Just wait on it. And I'm probably right again. Back after the break. So this week, our nation and the world basically uh, celebrates Martin Luther King's Jr.'s birthday. Um the national holiday is, you know, it's always, uh, I believe it's the second, second Monday um, in January. Um, and this year it fell on January 17th. And his actual birthday is January 15th. Um, I, I struggle with, with people celebrate Martin Luther King Jr.'s you know, birthday and how they talk about him because it always seems to be that somebody wants to use Martin Luther King Jr.'s words to push their agenda and try to make people docile or try to make people um, less, less aggressive in getting what they want or getting things done. You know, they always talk about the, the nonviolence and they talk about the, you know, the, the, just the words and, and not the actions. 
They talk about how Dr. King, you know, got things done without ever having to to yell or 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 be, you know, just just he never had to be angry. They never seen they never saw King angry. And I hate when people do that because it marginalizes how great of a leader, how great of a hero that Martin Luther King Jr. was. It, to me, he's the greatest American hero ever. He did so much for this country. Not only, if you, if you frame it just from what Martin Luther King did for black people, you're missing the point. Martin Luther King Jr. did for the entire country by standing up and fighting for civil rights. He forced everybody to be better. Not just black people, not just white people, not just brown people. I mean, he forced everybody to be better. He took stands in this country when they were very unpopular, took stands for, for, for civil rights, took stands against Vietnam, took stands against capitalism at a time when people were being blacklisted and, 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 and just and killed for being accused of being communists. This dude stood up in the face of all of that, won a Nobel Peace Prize in 1964, right? And, and I mean, led marches, uh, put himself on the line. And I'm, I'm speaking on this from somebody who, who went through the past couple of years throughout the George Floyd and then the civil unrest that happened in America, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor killings. And I was out leading marches and, and sparking, you know, discussions out in the streets with people. And I remember being out there and holding signs and chanting and 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 delivering speeches to people, and and my arms would be tired. I'd be like, God, God, my arms hurt, my back hurts. But then you think about Martin Luther King being out there, marching with thousands of people, staging sit-ins, being spit on, being beaten, arrested, billy clubbed, taken to jail left for dead, threats against his life all the time, and eventually having his life took for trying to make America and the world better. He gave his life for his cause, which, <laughs> I mean, who does that? Who does that? So, Anytime I've ever posed with the question, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you get these surveys or people ask you questions like if you could have lunch or dinner with anybody present or past, who would it be? My answer is always Martin Luther King. Always. I want to know why. Like what was in him that made that guy decide to give his life for the betterment of the world? Because I'm not that selfless. I just, I'm not that selfless. So I want to know how could somebody do this? How could he get up and march and know that he was facing death all the time, every day when he did these things? And, and I wish that more people would, would think of that instead of the docile Martin Luther King that they try to perpetrate in the media and, and, and the nonviolent. Yeah, he was nonviolent, but he was he was nonviolent because he wanted to show you how shameful it was that you were being violent to people who were only asking you to be fair and equal to them. That's why he was being nonviolent, to show you the sh to, to shame you into not being 
as terrible and evil as you had been. And it worked. It worked to, to a point. I mean, hell, we're still dealing with the things that he was fighting for back in the 60s. Still dealing with it. Voting rights. Got the voting rights. I mean, trying to get black people to vote. That's all. That was one of his agendas. Trying to get this, trying to get that to be a thing. And now we see this here in 2022. We're dealing with gerrymandering and voter suppression and all this stuff. And it's usually aimed at minorities and black people. Martin Luther King was fighting for this in the 60s. So I want people to to just really when you hear about Martin Luther King, don't just think of the the, the day you get off of school, the day you don't have to go to work, the uh, Martin Luther King uh, jam celebration at the local club, the Martin Luther King uh, extravaganza sellathon at, at the Hyundai dealership. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want people to actually do some work, do some study and listen to what Martin Luther King was actually talking about. Listen to speeches other than the I have a dream speech, which is um, a brilliant, amazing speech. But also go and read up on the March on Selma. Read up on his speech from, from, from jail. I mean, just do some more research on this great American hero and understand what he did and why we have the advancements we have today. And, and, and a lot of it was because of him. And one more point that, that people that just drives me crazy when people talk about Martin Luther King. Um, you hear a lot of people say, I'm more ML, I'm more Malcolm than I am Martin. And that infuriates me beyond anything because Malcolm X was a was dope leader, dope speaker. And he died trying to trying to change the world, trying to be different, trying to help along people. I mean, he had a different road to, to, to travel than Martin Luther King. But when people say they're more Malcolm than Martin, I don't think you understand. Malcolm didn't get any laws passed. Malcolm wasn't at the White House fighting, getting things done to change the course of American history. Now, he, now I'm, not, I'm not disparaging him. He was a great man and he did the things that he did. But the only thing that Malcolm X did greater than Martin Luther King was have a better movie done on him. Martin Luther King Jr. is the greatest American hero of all time. And if it wasn't for that dude, America would not be where it's at today. And we would not have the spirit of, of activism and the spirit of fighting for your rights and your beliefs if Martin Luther King had never been born or took up the cross that he bared. So enjoy Martin Luther King Jr. Day with your day off and you get to watch basketball and you get to go buy a car at a, at a discounted price. But really take time to think about that man and the sacrifices he made so that this world could be better. Because without him, I, I, I shudder to think where we'd be right now. So wherever Martin Luther King Jr. is in this world, in this universe, I'm not a religious person. But thank you, sir. Appreciate you and love you. That's our show for this week. I'm Reggie Watkins. You've been listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment download we're on the believe podcast network check us out there don't be hating send us the comments but don't be hating kevin cleveland engineering running the show producing thank you so much my man appreciate you we'll see y'all next week peace
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.